Dior Talks. Hello, my name is Justine Picardy and I'm a writer and biographer. My new book is called Miss Dior and it explores the relationship between Christian Dior and his younger sister, Catherine, who was a heroine of the French resistance in the Second World War. Throughout my journey of researching and writing this book, it has been very inspiring for me to talk to Maria Grazia Curie, the first female creative director of Dior, and a truly visionary woman who has put feminism at the heart of her career as a fashion designer. Maria Grazia has always been influenced by female role models from childhood onwards, and she is a shining example of sisterly solidarity. She is a pioneering feminist in her own life, and she continues to collaborate with a dazzling array of women artists, writers, dancers, and musicians. She also has a very close relationship with her daughter, Rakeli, who epitomizes the new generation of feminists and who is joining our conversation today. Welcome to the new episode of Dior Talks. Having researched and written about Christian Dior and in particular his sister Catherine, who we have often spoken about, who was in the French resistance and who ended up in, in a German concentration camp and survived and returned to Paris in 1945 and, and went on to inspire her brother. I find it so interesting, the historical parallels with now. So if you think, and, and the way your, your own family suffered during the Second World War in Italy, but this enormous disruption that happened with the Second World War and how Christian Dior emerges out of that with his, his new, his, what was called a new look, and that we too have gone through the, the great disruption of the COVID pandemic. And we don't yet know what will emerge out of it. But I think that historically in fashion, as in art, as in literature, after these periods of great trauma and disruption, very often it's when powerful and compelling creative visions emerge. Do you think about, I mean, obviously you've thought about it in the, the context of Christian Dior, and I, I love what you've done in taking those iconic Dior pieces from, from 1947, from the New Look collection, particularly the bar jacket, and the way you have turned it into something that a woman, a modern woman, can wear because of course the original bar jacket was very constrictive. It had a very tight waist. It was, you know, difficult to breathe in and you have softened it and made it more, more fluid and you've made it modern. Do you feel able to step back yet from the COVID crisis and think about what might happen next for you creatively? It's a big question. <laughs> no, big question, because uh, we are inside the crisis. Yes. I think if there is a thing that uh, teach me this crisis is that we can plan for the future, that we have to live day by day and to understand yes. 
what is possible to do. That's the Because reality. life can be short, that's what we've learned. But also that everything changes in one second, especially yes. with the, the, the protocol uh, that we have in COVID. So the, the, the real thing is that we are inside a healthy crisis, but also economic crisis that is around the world where uh, there are many different aspects that we have to consider if yeah. uh, we are looking what's happened today in India. In India. India, we are not speaking about uh, only to skill the craft, to the, but it's about survive. Because without this craft, if they don't maintain, what they can do yes. after? Yes. So I really feel the responsible because uh, with your we try to to support all the supply that work with us around the world, not only in French, in Paris, but also in Italy, also in India too. Yes, you've really brought that sense of you've celebrated the the artisans around the world that you have worked with on different collections from Africa to India to Morocco and right across Europe. And I think that in your hands, Dior, it's really cherished the skill and the treasure of those artisans that are creating around the world. Yes, I really fascinated, like, do you know about the craftsmanship around the world and also in the past, I try to celebrate, to explain, to show the world, the fashion world, inside the fashion world, this, this incredible talent. But in this moment, it's also about like they can survive if we can help them. Yes. Because before, at the initial of the pandemic crisis, like, do you know, Everybody started to attack the fashion system a lot. Yes, because it was seen as being just too much consumption, do you think? Or? Uh, probably there was some... No, because the impact on the planet and the environment is true. Yes. In some ways, true. We had to impact less, absolutely. But at the same yeah. time, we had to think also that sustainability is uh, the, like to you can maintain the work for this uh, well, worker. Well, I think that very often, I mean, it may, this may be different in Europe, but in the UK, very often when people are talking about the economic benefit of different industries, the mainstream media often ignores fashion. And yet fashion is, as an economic engine and employer, is, is, is bigger than cars. It's bigger than, you know, than, than football. And yet, very often it's ignored. And, and in terms of employing people and, and therefore allowing people to support their families, it's a massively important industry. And that's often overlooked, I feel. I believe because uh, that's happened because in um, some way people uh, relate fashion only with the, the idea of luxury. And luxury yes. is not something that is could be democratic. Yes. But uh, I think uh, that's happened also for uh, other things. Also. Yes. But at the same time, we have to recognize that it is an industrial that employs a lot of people. What there is behind yes. fashion. And also because the image of fashion 
is more glamour, less to show what there is uh, inside the atelier, <laughs> inside the yeah. factory. So the people has uh, an idea that is the really dreaming idea. Well, if you look at this in the context of, of Christian Dior after the Second World War, and this is something I feel that you've explored really creatively in the collections that, well, all, that you've always explored, but it feels to me there's a, a real inspiration during the collections you've done during the COVID crisis, that sense of the importance of the magical, the importance of enchantment, and the ways in which these are linked with hope. And when I look at Christian Dior's original designs after the Second World War and the, the way he associated hope with the return of his sister, the survival of his sister and, and the way that, for example, tarot cards and play a part in that, that it's a very sensitive and beautiful relationship between magic and hope and the beauty of the clothes we wear. And this is something that you have really responded to in the last yeah. Yes, because uh, I think uh, also for Mr. Christian Dior, a lot of people don't realize that uh, when uh, he opened his uh, atelier after the Second World, also to give uh, this uh, silhouette uh, that was uh, with this big volume um, was also because the, the, the women at the time were really skinny. Yes. Also, her sister, when she came back from the camp, was super skinny. He didn't recognize her. Yes. So the idea to give uh, with the dress a volume at the body <laughs> means uh, to hope in the future to feel well, healthy. I agree. And I think that also when I think about the relationship between Christian and his sister, Catherine, the silhouette also offers protection. Yes. Because... You could say, and some people did, when he made these very architectural clothes, that they were in some sense, you know, regressive because it changed the shape of women to a way they'd looked at, you know, at the beginning of the 20th century, at the time of the Belle Epoque. But I think the clothes are designed in an architectural way to protect women. And I think that his sister Catherine is at the heart of that, that he, he wanted to find a way through clothes of protecting her because of the terrible experiences that she had endured. I completely agree with you, but uh, I think that sometimes uh, people don't read enough about uh, a brand. They look only the silhouette. And so they they are speaking about a silhouette with a point of view that is uh, now, not when Mr. Dior did, that is completely different. I yes. I worked, and my first thing so, so when I arrived in Dior was to read all the book about him, to try to understand his personality more that look the real clothes in the details, because... Uh, if you don't understand the historical moment, the personality, the personal life of Mr. Dior, yes. the relationship with Catherine, is impossible to understand his work. I think I agree. Uh, that's the problem in fashion that sometimes people 
look more at the jacket, less uh, the author that made the jacket. Less at the heart of the person yes. that made it. Yes, exactly. You and I had that magical day together at La Col Noire, <laughs> yeah. um, and we, you know, where we talked about Christian and Catherine, and and we looked at Mr. Dior's own set of of prophecy cards. They're called Lenormand cards, and they were designed for a famous 19th century female clairvoyant in Paris. But I think whereas in the perhaps in the past people have talked about Christian Dior and his superstitions as if they were slightly foolish, I think if you look at them in the context of his his love for his sister and also what the art of fashion is, the art of prophecy, that magic is and clairvoyance and intuition is at the heart of, of couture. And I felt that when we were together at La Col Noire, surrounded by this beautiful garden that he had designed and, and close to Catherine's own flower fields, you know, and rose fields, that you really, by understanding that relationship, you understand the heart of Dior. But you've always, I think, on an instinctive level, understood that, and that the relationship between brother and sister, between a man and a woman, to me, you have always, in a very delicate and intuitive and instinctive way, expressed in your own collections for Dior, almost by the art of intuition. Uh, yeah, because uh, I think that uh, him, uh, but like me, the attitude is to take care of the women. That is very important, that the women feel well with our clothes. Also, Mr. Dior, when he worked at the collection, in his mind, he make a clothes for the different model, a specific person that lived in some way with him inside Avenue Montaigne. When you see the image, there are all women around him. And he would, and also with their sister, of course. But the idea is that to take care of women. That's the, it's a dialogue with the women and their necessity. Yes. Um, yes. I found also very interesting his relationship that he had with his social rule. He speak about the orendai like they are two different aspects of him. The Christian Dior et moi. So there is Christian Dior, the rather shy, gentle man who set up an art gallery, you know, wanted to, to perhaps do something very creative with artists. And then his two art galleries go bankrupt after the Wall Street crash. And then you have Christian Dior, the couturier, the brand, the business, which is is so powerful, and that there is a real separation yeah. between the two. I understand him. I really yes. <laughs> feel in a different way, but in the, the, the same way. There is a part that is your public life, that is represent yes. your social rules, but in other side, there are... There is you for yourself uh, without uh, your 
social rule is evident from his office. For example, yesterday I went with Raquel to visit the new the renovation of an avenue, avenue Montaigne. Ah. His office was super small. Thank you, Maria Grazia. Thank it was you. lovely. Bye.